This is Wrestling Nostalgia with Dave Dynasty. Greetings wrestling fans and welcome to Wrestling Nostalgia. I am your host Dave Dynasty. Thank you for joining me for another episode. Uh, we have a very fun episode today. Uh, the first time we've ever had three guests on simultaneously, to my knowledge, that I can remember. Uh, those guests are the World Warriors, or also known as the Max Brothers, and their manager Saul Creechman. Out of the rest of the world nowadays, they're known as Sam DeCero, John Richmond, and Scott Romer. Uh, they're going to talk to us about their days teaming, particularly their time in Dick the Bruiser's WWE. It's a fun, fun conversation. Uh, guys I've wanted to talk to for a long, long time. I have a lot of respect and am fans of all three of them. And it was a, it was pretty cool. It's a very easy interview to do because you got these three guys together and they have not uh, been together in this kind of setting, all three of them, in many, many years. Uh, and they just started, they really, parts, they just started talking, right? Telling stories of, you know, hey, do you remember this? Do you remember that? So it was so cool. It flowed so well, I thought. Uh, and it was fun. It was it was really just a conversation, and and for part of it, I just it's just me listening in and hearing these stories and hearing them guide themselves, which is is kind of cool. It's kind of fun, and uh, I I fully enjoyed it, and I think you will too. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us uh, on social media. We're on all kinds of platforms. Uh, you can find the podcast on Twitter, or as it's known now, I guess X, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Threads. Just look up Rassel Nostalgia, and you can find me on X at the Dave Dynasty. Of course, be sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. We're at youtube.com slash the Dave Dynasty uh, because I put all of my podcasts up on there, plus uh, lots of classic wrestling footage, other exclusives, clips, all kinds of cool things are on there. So make sure you subscribe. And the best way to support the show in a financial means is to go buy one of our shirts. We have several to choose from, and you can find those at prowrestlingtees.com slash the Dave Dynasty. Okay, a few little news bits that I want to talk about just a little bit. I won't go too far into some of these, uh, but I do want to talk particularly about this. In, two, in 20, 2024, uh, the WFIA, the Wrestling Fans International Association, will be holding a three-day virtual convention on September 13th, 14th, and 15th. There will be more information to come, so be sure to join the WFIA today for all the perks, all the latest news. You get a bi-monthly newsletter, and guys, it's free, right? It costs you nothing. So don't, of course, go out and join the Facebook group. But don't just do that. Sign up and actually join the group. That is the quickest and best way to get the benefits of this. Like I said, you'll get the digital newsletter bi-monthly sent to your email. It is cool. It's, it's, it's full of all kinds of information, uh, articles, ads, uh, facts, pictures. It's very, very cool. Uh, this, this, the whole organization is designed to support professional wrestling, to support the fans of professional wrestling, uh, and to have a nostalgic feel, to, to try to help us all remember why we love professional wrestling. Uh, as you may or may not know, I am on the board uh, for the WFIA, so I have you know firsthand knowledge of all this stuff, and I'm in these discussions. Guys, this this convention is going to be very very cool. It's going to be a great opportunity for you to to have Q and A's with some stars, uh, to get some autographs and lots of other perks. You know, some some panels, some different things. There's lots of things being discussed. It's going to be very very cool, and the best thing, uh, it looks like it's going to be it's going to be really affordable, guys. This is going to be very very cool. Again, though, the best way for you to know the the information in the news as soon as it breaks is to join the WFIA. So go to uh, the WFIA.org and sign up. Again, it's free. Costs you nothing. So what? there's no risk. Why not do it, please? Go do that. Uh, do it as a uh, – just do it as a, as a you know, whatever uh, for me. And <laughs> – sorry, I stumbled on my words there. Just do it for me, right? And you will – You'll soon see how cool it is and how much you'll enjoy. I guarantee you'll enjoy it, right? They don't. We don't flood you with stuff. We don't overwhelm you with emails and this and that, and overwhelm you with the hey donate, hey do. No, there's none of that, man. You just get news. You just get cool stuff. You just get the newsletter. Uh, just get the things that you want to get from professional wrestling. So go join that. Go to thewfia.org and join, and then also go join the the Facebook group. But do both, right? Because both of them have. Uh, a lot of distinct advantages to to being a part of. Now, some other wrestling news. Uh, I'm sure everybody knows because everybody's talking about it. Impact Wrestling has now rebranded back to TNA Wrestling. Um, I, I don't know if I know quite the purpose or what how this is going to help. I don't know. I guess it's just a nostalgic thing to do. I, I, I guess. I don't know. Um, it, it, do they expect to go, if they go back to calling themselves TNA Wrestling, do you see some big bump, some spike? Some increase in views. And stuff. I, I don't know. I don't think that's it. I don't think just calling themselves TNA again is going to bring back all those fans that were 
that were previous TNA fans that may have you know left. I don't think just just rebranding the name is going to bring them back. That's not the, the point. And I'm not knocking Impact Wrestling, and I'm not knocking their product. But I, I don't think this is enough to get it done. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if there will be a, uh, if we'll ever know the true purpose of this, or if it's just something to do, right? Something they thought, oh, you know, it could just be to get some buzz, right? We do this. Everybody's going to be talking about it. Who, who knows? Um. The, the reports are out that are stating that WWE is not interested in CM Punk at this time. Um, that's that's what's being said. Everybody's saying this kind of boils down to basically it was a Vince McMahon decision. I don't know. I'm curious to see how this pans out. Because it could be true, right? WWE is, is they're really riding high right now in, in a lot of different aspects. And maybe they just don't think that, that the risk of headaches is worth bringing in CM Punk. I could see that. That is potentially... The truth, or they could be going to bring them in, and if they are, if there is talks, if there is, you know, an agreement or close to an agreement, if you know anybody reaches out for some kind of statement, of course they're probably going to say, "Nah, we don't have an interest rate up," right? Or, or they're not going to come out and say, "Yes, we are," and ruin the spread. So I don't know. It, I, to me, it could go either way. We'll wait and see. I think it, it, the telling thing will be Survivor Series, right? It's in Chicago. Let's see what happens there. If if Punk appears, if he debuts, we know, right, this was a swerve. If he doesn't appear, then I think this, there's a lot of weight to this. Let's see what happens, because I, I really think it could go either way, uh, and we'll see. And just one other brief thing I did want to bring up. On uh, AEW Collision on uh, November 21st, uh, it, it was in Memphis, and Dave Brown called a street fight between Jeff Jarrett and Eddie Kingston. I just want to bring this up, because I, I love Dave Brown. I love hearing Back when Dave Brown was helping to call Memphis Wrestling. So it was, it was cool to see Dave uh, get to call a match. Uh, again, I only watch bits and pieces of modern wrestling for different aspects. And, and seeing Dave Brown would be one of those bits and pieces that, that I would want to watch. So it was a very cool thing uh, for them to do. Now, really quick, let's run through some some historical uh, title changes, events, and birth dates that are be coming up uh, between now and the release of the next podcast. Uh, so this encompasses the period from October 25th through November 7th. Here we go. Let me rattle these off. October 26, 1949, Kevin Sullivan was born. October 26, 1978, CM Punk was born. October 27, 1987, Strike Force defeated the Hart Foundation to win the WWF Tag Team titles. October 28, 1940, friend of the show Les Thatcher was born. October 28, 2020, Tracy Smothers passed away. October 29, 1989, the Road Warriors defeated the Midnight Express to win the NWA Tag Titles. October 29, 1949, Paul Orndorff was born. October 30, 1977, Ric Flair and Greg Valentine defeated Gene and Ole Anderson to win the NWA Tag Titles, at least the Mid-Atlantic versions. October 30, 1987, the original Midnight Express, that is Dennis Condry and Randy Rose, defeated Bill Dundee and Jerry Lawler to win the AWA Tag Titles. On November 1st, 1944, Bobby Heenan was born. Of course, Bobby Heenan, in my opinion, the greatest wrestling performer personality of all time. My all-time favorite. Uh, I, I love Bobby Heenan. Uh, so on November 1st, 1944, he was born. On November 6th, 1942, Ken Patera was born. November 7th, 1957, King Kong Bundy was born. And on November 7th, 1957, Tony Schiavone was born. Again, that is, of course, not... All of the news and happenings and historical dates that occurred during this time period, it was just a few highlights that caught my eye, right? These are events that I kind of I kind of like, and therefore I think you guys will too. So it's just to give you a sampling and, and everything else. Give me some feedback on social media. Do you like that I do this, or is it just boring, me rattling off a bunch of dates? Let me let me know what you think, because uh, I can quit doing it if, if everybody just finds it just to be annoying. And I'll just take to uh, continuing to post these on social media, and you can consume them that way. But anyway, let's move on and let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will have that interview with the Ro the World Warriors and Saul Creechman. So stick around. If you like horror movies, be sure to check out Dave Dynasty and Ike Isaacs on the Listen to Their Screams Horror Podcast. It is available on all podcast platforms and on social media at Listen to Screams. That is Listen, the number two in Screams. All right, we're here back on Wrestling Nostalgia, and I've got some very special guests. I've got the World Warriors on the line. I got Supermax, which is Sam DeSero, 
Mad Max, which is John Richmond, and their manager, Saul Creechman, who is Scott Romer. Guys, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure. I can't wait. Yeah, this is. I'm excited I, to, to get you all together. Uh, like I mentioned to Scott earlier, this is the, this is the first time you three have done something like this since your right. days in WWA, correct? It's been over 40, almost 40 years, yes. Yeah, yeah. Us together, and we're, we're alive, too. Yeah, well, that's 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 always a plus. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's start. Sam, I want to start with you real quick. Just give a little background to each guy, just just briefly. Sam, you were trained, correct, by Paul Paul Christie and Randy Savage, and I'm assuming these were in the ICW days. Is that what was that like? And, and tell me a little bit about that. Uh, Paul Christie was the first one that I met at the Hammond Civic Center. I um, waited for him at the end of the night. I was uh, a skinny 155-pound kid and said, hey, uh, Mr. Christie, I'd like to be in pro wrestling. And he kind of chuckled, looked at Moose Cholak and said, yeah, see me in about six months, kid. And I was <laughs> like, well, all righty then. So I went to, uh, at the time, Chicago Health Club, met a guy by the name of Joe Rainier, who was managing the club, told him what my intentions were, and he said, well, I'm going to take you under my wing. I'm going to train you and teach you how to lift and everything. And that's how it started. Um, once I went back to the Civic Center several months later, I met Paul Christie after the show again and said, uh, hey, Paul, or I said, Mr. Chris, Christie, do you remember me? And he goes, no, no. How you doing, kid? Did you enjoy the show? I said, yeah, I enjoyed the show. But I'm the guy that came to you about six months ago and wanted to get into pro wrestling. Holy <laughs> shit. No kidding. Oh, my God. Um, you, you got to come out to dinner with us. We're going to Langs for steaks. Uh, you, you, uh, come with me and Moose and Bunny. I said, okay, great. And that's where it went. So he started training me, uh, uh, at his place. And then he sent me up to Chicago, uh, where I met Nacho Barrero and Lackey Guzman. And then from there, I went down to, um, Larry Matizak's, uh, promotion in St. Louis at the Checker Dome. Good. And that's where I met uh, Randy Savage and, and Lanny. And then, um, you know, Randy took to me and said, hey, I hear you want to get into pro wrestling. Mike Gratchner was there. Uh, I had just met him recently. So he said, oh, yeah, yeah, you want to take this young kid under your wing? And sure enough, he told me, come on down to ICW with Moose and, you know, we'll show you how to set up the ring and then I'll, I'll train you. And that's how it went. Very cool. No, very cool. So Joe was – Joe, Joe, wasn't Joe um, one of the Volkoff brothers? Uh, wasn't he a wrestler? The, the the person that owned the gym that you worked out at. Wasn't he a, a one of the uh, Volkoff brothers? Ivan and, no. Ivan Kamelkoff. Ivan Kamelkoff. My bad. No. Okay. No. My fault. Okay. Well, hey, hey, John, tell me tell me a little bit about who trained you and how you got started in wrestling. Well, I got uh, started, I just got out of the service, and I was down at uh, Purdue, and I was training, and I uh, ran into a guy, his name was Greg Pace, he used to wrestle at the Patriot, Yep. and um, so I started working out with, with Greg, and, and then one, one time he just said, hey, uh, why don't you get into wrestling, I'll introduce you to the Bruiser, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, right, and he's like, no, he says, come on, and so... I go to the armory there in Lafayette and we go downstairs and there's Dave McLean and Dick, the bruiser, uh, counting money and ticket stubs. And, um, Greg goes up to him and says, Hey Dick, this is the guy I was telling you about. And Dick looked up to me like, you know, gumshoe. He goes, eh, he'll do. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my, my start. Um, I, I was like Johnny rocket on the, on the Brady Bunch, I filled the, <laughs> I, I fit in the suit. So that yeah. was my start. Um, was never really formally trained, just inside the ring. Greg took me under his wing there. Um, then the Colonel Buck Robley uh, kind of introduced me around to a lot of, uh, you know, Bruiser, Brody, and all the, uh, the Von Erichs and got me involved with uh, those guys, Junkyard Dog, and then, um, then kind of took off from there and, ended up working for Dick was my first boss. So started yeah. working the, the circuit here and uh, then met Sam. I'm going to say we probably, this probably was a year, I would think or so. And then um, uh, met Sam in Paris, Illinois, working for Dick. And 
said, oh, we're going to put you guys together. And, yeah. And uh, there you go. That was it. Yeah. And, and Scott, and of course, crew. you were, you were, oops, sorry. Scott, of course, you were taking pictures at ringside. And of course, you end up becoming Bruiser's son in law for a period there. And then you debuted as a manager somewhere around April 94, somewhere around that time. So when you switched over to managing, do you know, was that kind of because Rooster Griffin had left and they kind of needed a manager? I think Rooster had hit a fan, and so they got rid of him. And Bruiser just called me over and said to grow a beard. And uh, before I knew it, I was in front of an audience managing a Saul Creechman. He was going to call me Heine Creechman, but uh, <laughs> the Reverend Jesse Jackson used that as a derogatory name for Jews back in that day. So it was better that he called me Saul Creechman. I was uh, <laughs> a, a manager uh, uh, taken after the name was taken after Saul Weingroff and Eddie, mm-hmm. the brain Creechman. Yeah. Well, you could, you could do worse taken after those two. Okay, and, right uh, on. Yeah. And uh, Hey, and Sam, you came in then in early 84 as a baby face, just as Sam Darrow. So how, how did you end up coming in the WWA? Wow. Um, I went up to Minneapolis first and I was working for Vern Gagne, um, you know, paying my dues, getting my butt kicked. And uh, I remember uh, wrestling Nick Bockwinkle and he, he uh, after the match, he pulled me in the back and said, hey, kid, he says, you got a lot of potential, but you got to listen out there. Uh, what had happened was I missed a call and he uh, <laughs> he slammed me three times in, in a row and each time it got harder and harder. <laughs> Uh, so I learned the hard way there. And then, uh, a few other guys, Jesse Ventura, Harley race, uh, Jerry Blackwell, Ken Patera, uh, were some of the first early matches I had. And then, um, Vern said, you know, I'm going to hook you up with, uh, Dick the bruiser. He's my partner. And since you live in Illinois, you go work for him, get, get, get trained and, and, uh, get your experience. And that's pretty much how I, how I ended up with uh, WWA. Yeah, I believe, didn't they call you, were you called, was it Slammin' Sammy Darrow? Something like that? Or? Yep, at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. And then, John, I think you came in shortly after Sam, and you came in as Mad Max, right? That was the that was what you came in under. Yeah. I, yeah, I so. And you, my first first match with, with the WWA, they had me as Big John Tooney. And okay. um, I'll never forget that because not only was the first match, it, we didn't have a ring. Uh, they forgot to coordinate getting a, <laughs> a ring set up. So we actually went worked on mats in the gym, um, oh boy. which was interesting. You know, we kind of. I, I, I you know, think we, Carl had wrecked the ring truck or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the ring never showed up. That that was one time I know that happened. And that's right, right. See why, so, what you were talking about. <laughs> Yeah, after that it was Mad Max, and and um, it pretty much stayed there till I went uh, to Eli. So. Yeah. So, so who, where did the idea come up, Sam and John, to put you together as a team? Were you guys talking? Did Bruiser come to you? How how did that originate? I think it was oh, Bruiser. Bruiser. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was Bruiser. We had no we had no inkling. I just remember after the match uh, they said, "Hey, your new partners." Uh, slamming Sammy Darrow, we're going to put you together, call you something different. And, um, and I met, I met Sam after the match and, and that was pretty much it. After that, we started working at the Max brothers and, um, you know, um, you know, like I said, it was, we never, as far as I know, I didn't know of any, um, anything coming up down the road. It was just all of a sudden here you are, you know, and it went, you know, went well. So it was a good, yeah. it was a good call, but we weren't aware of it that I'm, uh, that I know of. Dave, I got I got one of the best times of my career, uh, in pro wrestling when, uh, they hooked John and I up. I mean, it was just the greatest thing. Uh, you know, we had our peaks and valleys, but, uh, overall a memory that'll last forever. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Scott, what were you saying there, Scott? Well, they, they called us, then Bruiser started calling us the World Warriors with manager Saul Creechman uh, copying the Road Warriors. He had had several imitators. Uh, there was um, yeah. Drill drill Sergeant <laughs> Slaughter, Slaughter yeah. Um, yeah. representing, Jerry. you know, the, 
Jerry, Gary Lawler. Lawler. Yeah. Gary Lawler. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So my that, first, you... my first, my first match uh, when he turned me into a wrestler with no training was a. I, I had teamed with Gilbert Guerrero, and uh, uh, we went against Sammy DeCero and um, I think it was Stormy Gronzik. Do you remember that, Sammy? Oh my God! Yes. He, he Sammy beat the shit out of me. And no, bulldog me, and uh, I had two black eyes. I think I had a concussion, but I didn't give up. <laughs> did, hey, John, did you guys? Yeah, John, do you, do yeah. you remember when, when you and I went against uh, Dick and Moose for the tag titles at the Tyndall Armory in um, Indy? And uh, I had the gimmick, and I was running toward Moose with the brass knuckles, and I. <laughs> And I slipped, and I damn near sliced his whole forehead open. <laughs> I remember. I mean, I felt so bad. And then all the way home, from Indy all the way to Chicago, he didn't say one damn word to me in the car. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you hit him twice. The, the... I remember him breaking hey, my nose. I also remember you guys running around saying "potato, potato," because we were in the ring with with Moose. He oh my wasn't goodness. easy, you know. wasn't easy on us. Well, hey, Jeff, I got another cool. one for you. You remember when we were in Fort Wayne, and we were we had Bobo in the corner, and he said, "Now don't step on my feet. I forgot my boots at home." <laughs> and then we started stepping on, stomping on his feet. <laughs> Bobo, he was a he was a classy guy. I like Bo. Oh yeah. I took it's, a I took a headbutt from Bobo, and do you remember? Uh -huh. uh, I was afraid that I had never gigged before, so I had Johnny do it for me. Do you remember that, John? <laughs> I don't remember. What, what? You sliced my head, but it wasn't very deep, so oh, I didn't okay. get a lot of color. And gotcha. you know, uh, yeah. about uh, about uh, seven or eight years ago, when I was. Yeah. You know, made my little comeback as a manager. I uh, decided to take it upon myself to gig like crazy, and I did for all <laughs> for all twenty people at a uh, WCWO show. You know, yeah. but they called the <laughs> they thought it was real, so I did my job. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 Well, well hey, on oh, go ahead, Sam. Dave, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I no, I, no, no. Go ahead. This is great. This is. This is our life. John, do you remember when we were about ready to um, leave WWA and we had a cage match in Watsika and you and I went in there with jean shorts on for our gimmick? <laughs> I don't remember that. Oh, my God. Are Dick you, was so pissed. I, I, said, what I, uh, are you guys doing? I, uh, <laughs> too, many, too many chairs to the head later in life is my excuse. <laughs> Well, we didn't go in with makeup either, and and he was just hotter than hell. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was easy to get pissed off. <laughs> well, I'll tell you another one. Do you re do you remember I was work I would work AWA as a photographer shooting for Japan and uh, Gong Wrestling Magazine and and Bill Afters, of course. And so uh, I was staying at the Hyatt, the same place, the Road Warriors. This was an AWA show. Oh. And a half hour of Bruiser's and Bob Luce's show came on. And right after that, on a different station, it was an hour of Vern Gagne's show. So the Road Warriors <laughs> got to see the, uh, the World Warriors <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and, and saw Creechman uh, imitating um, uh, their manager, um, right. Paul. Paul, what was his name? Ellering. Ellering. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Ellering. And um, yeah. and so they called me over and and uh, at, at the hotel and who's who's I and, and and questioned me whose idea, blah, blah, blah. And you know, I blamed it all on Bruiser. And he said he'd love to take on uh, he'd he'd love to they would love to wrestle us. And um, I don't think that went over real favorably. But do you remember that yeah. at all? You do remember, I remember that. that. And I'd like to just go on the record. I I hated that when they put that World Warrior. I hated that with a passion. Right, right. I, I like the uh, Max Brothers. Yes. It, it fit us more as Max Brothers than 
in the world. And that was a blatant ripoff, and I hated that. It's, uh, yeah. Well, also, let's not forget that uh, John used to bust his head open hard way and loved it that way. That was the only way <laughs> he liked to do it. Right. Hey, John, do you remember a time? Do you remember a time a fan was in our face, uh, uh-huh. and and he might and and you pulled put your hand out and you he slapped your hand and he beat the shit mm-hmm. out of him and they ended up arresting him. Yeah, I remember that. Okay. Yep. We had yeah, that, good that, times. That's uh, toothless guy. Yeah, that right, 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 right. <laughs> toothless. Mm-hmm. Or, or he was toothless yeah. after John hit him. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah. He, and and he got arrested then. Cecil Madalena, yeah. that cop. Uh, well, he did it right in front of the city sheriff. Next time we had a show there, he came with a gun. They caught him uh, coming in with a oh, gun. Yeah. Oh, make too many things, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John, you remember, do you remember the kid that threw a, can, a full can of Pepsi from the upper balcony at us? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah and then we, he brought him down to the locker room. Well, and the cops I, told him and said, hey, Max Brothers, is this the guy that threw the can? Yeah, yeah that's the motherfucker. Bring him in here. And he pissed his pants and he was about 35 years old. That was great. I, I remember. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember when uh, you got, you know, I had retired from a broken ankle and uh, then working an AWA show and you guys were on it. And then shortly after that, you went to Japan. So I missed my calling for Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went over there. Um, when was that, Sam? We were. That was uh, August of 1986. 86, okay. Because I'd been over there previously with um, as Mad Max with uh, John Gavin, who had a short stint as Lord Humongous. He was out on the East Coast, out of Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, the other Lord Humongous, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah not not Jeff Van Camp. Um, uh-huh. The other, um, and I don't, I don't think he had a real long stint. But um, and then oh, uh, Sam and I went. Now, were you more popular as Eli the Eliminator than you were as um, Mad Max? In Japan, Mad Max, um, more than Eli the Eliminator. Um, I think that's just because the third time I was over there was with um, as Mad or uh, as Eli. And it was like starting over a new brand, you know. Okay. And you know, so it didn't didn't really go over that well. And Brody was, um, so I was over there with Doctor Death um, and uh, Hacksaw Dugan and um, those guys. And, and that was uh, for Baba, right? Giant no, Baba. It was an, all three of them were for Anoki. Yeah, they're all Anoki. Okay. And then. Um, yeah, uh, Steve uh, Williams was uh, the the guy that took over for Brody because he had actually um, suplexed Anoki and knocked him out previously on another tour, so that elevated him pretty good. Where put him in that Brody status, and uh, but uh, it wasn't the same. It just wasn't the same wrestling as Eli over there. The man makes a lot more people behind it. You know, but hey, you know, came back to the states and uh, Eli did okay. So. <laughs> Don't forget that uh, Sammy opened up one of the great uh, wrestling schools too, Windy City Wrestling. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, shot a few of his shows. There was uh, was it called Battle of the Belts or whatever? They brought in uh, uh, the, the bikers came in and uh, it. Uh, it uh, shook the roof off of the uh, amphitheater. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, Mad Max and Super Max had teamed up for the first time in five or six years, I guess, and, right. uh, against right. the Untouchables. And so yeah, yeah. it was cool yeah. to be a part of that. Nick Bockwinkle and Sailor Art Thomas were at that show. So was uh, Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Right, was that Jim, right, right. It was a good show, big house, you know. It was Man, great to rest in that old building. You know, you guys are the on the front. thing to drive in with that uh, group of guys that John knew, and uh, yeah. 
with all the motorcycles and cycle in the sidecar and oh my god yep. people went yeah, nuts. That was, that was crazy yeah that was a lot of fun i think that's the first time that's ever happened in the wrestling is i don't think that's ever happened before when the whole gang came in on bike no yeah the rough guys they were all rough yeah they were all real deal and, yeah, I was uh, gonna say they were all real that's why. <laughs> Let's see. There was a time, you know, and I had been retired for a while, and uh, I was photographing sorority dances, and mm. there was a, a sorority dance that I was assigned to photograph at the Holiday Star, and you guys were the security there. Do you remember that? Yep. Yeah, I used to work there back in the day on uh, in and out, you know, and uh, work with some pretty good guys there that was a lot of fun and wasn't your brother part of a security group as well there was did you have a brother i i think your brother and and then i i think it was the same building i i photographed i was assigned to photograph a bodybuilding contest Hmm. and um you know normally i can walk in photograph it and and get the hell out but uh they wanted me to pay and uh <laughs> rarely do it, did i ever have to pay for anything you know as, as a photographer um and and then sammy uh hooked us up um there was a kid that was in a gang that was beat up pretty good and um he was in a long time coma and uh uh we went and visited this kid in the hospital with his mother and uh the dream warriors were with us and ronnie lock ronnie ronnie lots and um we we were talking to the kid and for the first time he opened up his eyes and tried to talk do you remember that well i sure do i sure do that's in my book i've got that picture of the kid in my book Wow. He wanted to get out of a gang, and the, the his own members beat him up. That was his only way out, and they beat him nearly nearly to death. Yeah, they sure did. Sure did. Um, Dave, yeah. do you, uh, you want to <laughs> hear a tidbit of history? For your, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, for tell your, me. For all your wrestling fans that are listening in. Uh, yeah. Not to be blowing my own horn here, but Windy City did have one of the best uh, big man matches that was never seen anywhere else. Uh, And we did it first, and that was uh, Battle of the Bam Bams. Bam Bam Bigelow against Bam Bam Terry Gordy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, When when was that? Yeah, man, Windy City was, man, they were something else. Uh, In all the magazines and everything else, on the cusp of... uh, of that indie movement right after the territory started, you know, fading away. Uh, Man, you were, you were right there on the front end of that. And um, I mean, there's everybody came through Windy City. Oh, Sammy had longevity and, and he lasted a good 10 years or even longer with the head of Windy City wrestling. So you got to give him credit for that. When everyone else faded away, Sammy was still doing it in the limelight. Also, he ran TV. So, um, um, that was part of his success. And all together, we, we lasted 25 years as a promotion. And okay, the yes. very television show we had was on Sports Channel. And then it went to Sports Channel America. That's right. And, and then what, we went. What, what made you decide to get out of it, Sammy? Uh, times changed. Uh, the enthusiasm was dwindling. The kids, the young kids that were coming through were uh, out of work, weren't able to take care of their, you know, their dues and things like that. And um, it just, I don't know, I, I guess 25 years was long enough for me too. I had a family then, six children, and um, it was just time. It was just time. I knew when it was time. Okay, and uh, let's not forget that Sonny Rod- Rogers was your uh um, head trainer too, if I'm correct. Yep. Very first one. Yep. That's when we were on 95th street in a, in a shed, honest to God, it was big enough to hold the ring and a bench and it had holes in all the walls. 
and we had a, 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 a kerosene heater. And after practice, everyone walked out of there smelling like kerosene. But and we had one <laughs> light over the ring. So that that's that was the first school. Reminiscent of Vern Gagne's training factory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. Hey, I, I did got to ask you guys on, on, on July 28th, 84, you guys beat Bruiser Van Camp to win the tag titles. But for that match, you guys had Jerry Graham Jr. with you. Why, Scott, John, somebody, why, why was he, was he like a one-off thing? Why was, why was Jerry with you for that match? I can't answer that. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't part of that, so I can't answer that. But uh, uh, you, you don't ask why, it just happens. <laughs> and, and um, you know, yeah. in, in, in fact, um, um, Jerry had enough pull that he didn't have to ask Bruiser if he wanted to come out with, with them he would so uh he did and maybe as his punishment i became the manager i don't know but uh we we had a good time it was always fun in the dressing rooms locker room and um you know and 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 these guys that were talking to helped put me on the map and because i was working with after and uh japan they took interest in um, in the World Warriors, and I would get their pictures published in the Japanese magazines before they were even famous. Yeah. You remember how I'd bring the magazines, you guys? Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. Yep. Pictures? Yep. Uh, look at this. Yeah. So I had some yeah. kind of – I had a value, you know, and that was uh, – if I liked you, I got you published in the, in the wrestling magazines. <laughs> yep, true. Yep. Oh, very yeah, well, that, those time in the '80s, man, it's uh in the WWA is a little a little unheralded. I don't think it gets the respect it deserves. There's a lot of good, talented guys there. You know, Chris Carter, Calypso Jim, some of those guys. John and Sam, you worked with all those guys. Tell me, tell me, those are there's a lot of underappreciated talents there. There's a lot of uh, depth there, and uh, but you're right, it was under it was underappreciated. And, uh, I mean, I remember um, you had the uh, uh, Gary Valiant, you know. Yeah. With a wealth of knowledge and Dr. Gary Graham and Wojo and you had a you had all that core talent, you know, Bobo, Moose, these guys were they were uh, icons, you know. Yeah. And then you had that had, had that whole deck. It was a lot of fun. But but I, they were I, I think they were a lot of them were past their prime and bruiser putting himself as the main event yeah. each and every time when we were out there doing our thing, um, there was a lot of fan noise and then, yeah. um, bruiser would come on and, um, and all of a sudden it got quiet. Am I, uh, are you guys, you remember that? Yeah, it, it, you're right about the, you know, there's a lot of our over faster prime, but, um, you got yeah. you know, we were fortunate. We learned a lot from these guys too. So, correct. Uh, there was no training on my behalf. I didn't, you know, <laughs> Sam bulldogging me. This was my training, you know. But, but you, you, you learned. Yeah, I, I learned. I kept my ears open and learned. And a couple of times, Jerry Graham managed me. We tore down the house. All I had to do was listen to Jerry and do what he told me to right. do, and it right. just tore down the house. You know. But when I first started, you know, you'd get a few boos, and then um, each and every time I work, worked again, more and more fan reaction, and there was nothing like it, you know, no, nothing better. The best aphrodisiac that you can possibly had wasn't Viagra. <laughs> it was getting the boos at the yeah. designated time that I wanted them to, and having the fans eating out of my hand. Yep. You yeah, did that, that well, yeah. and they hated you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that you know, was that was always the, that was that was always the knock on Bruiser was his uh that he never really kind of passed on to the young. I mean, he had some good young talent, and he just never fully passed the ball to him, right? I mean, no no offense to Bobo yeah. Moose, whatever else, but in the '80s, man, these guys were, you know, they'd been there for years and years and years, and they were past their oh. prime, and they were still yeah. main event, and you know, and, and Bruiser never could get past that and, and really well, pass the ball on yeah. to some of those young guys. And I was yeah. watching the, the crowds get smaller and smaller. And yeah. one time we ran side by side with um, WWF at the time. And um, they were just completely disgusted, the fans. 
and David called me over and said, watch the fans leave. And they left not say it was as quiet as a mouse. You know, they yeah. just were tired of seeing the same guys over and over because they were getting the exposure on TV with these new guys, you know, the WWF. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, do, I, I do remember, uh, Dave, I do remember uh, vividly when John and I did lose the tag straps. Mm-hmm. It was uh, at the Bobo, Tindal Arm. Bobo and, yeah, Bobo and yeah. Um, Bobby, Bobby Cole. Cole. And, yep. And, Laying in the middle of the ring, I got I got pinned for that, but I was I was looking up at the ceiling, and as the referee, everything was in slow motion. As the referee was counting one, I was looking up. It was dead silence. Then two. Yeah. Now now the crowd's chanting this the count with the referee. You know, as the ref was hitting his hand on the mat, but I didn't hear it. All I yeah. heard was three, and the crowd went crazy. Yes, they that did. I've seen that. And I'll never forget that feeling. Talk about adrenaline. Yeah. 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 Like I said, though, it, I mean, it is to me an unheralded time. I mean, I grew up on that, on that WWA, uh, some good stuff. Uh, but yeah, not long after that, you guys did move on to the AWA. Well, let me first, let me touch on uh, Sam. And I did ask you about this in a, a one off match in February. I think it was just one off. You guys were accompanied by Miss Maxine. And, and I had never heard that name before until I saw it in some results. Just, just tell me briefly about Miss Maxine and how that came about. Gosh, I don't even remember. John was. Uh, I couldn't remember her name. I just remember she was from Crown Point, and um, I cannot remember how she got involved. And um, I remember we had um, Mighty Max. Remember um, from the gym? Uh, he used to own the gym there. Pete Gutsagaris. Arabelle, uh, Pete. He cut to Garris. He passed away. Yeah, he passed away a long time ago. Um, yeah, from a vehicle accident. But um, I cannot remember. And the, I remember the um, Randy Commissarek used to train at the gym there, and him and her were dating. And uh, unfortunately, uh, Randy just passed away this last year too. He's a police officer. Um, and he passed away. So, what was I his cannot name? Her name. Hmm? What was his name? Randy Commissarek. He wasn't a wrestler, but he was one of the strongest kids I've ever seen in my life. Um, just a complete uh, animal in the gym. Let's not and I knew that woman. Go ahead. I'm he sorry. Was, yeah, he was uh, dating uh, uh, Miss Maxine at the time, and I can't. And I just I can't think of her name to save my life. Uh, Let's not forget um, Bob Luce that, uh, you know, (laughs) we used to do with Bob Luce and uh, you and I got our share of TV time along with Calypso Mm -hmm. Jim because nobody else showed up at the TV station. You know, so the interviews, you know, all the interviews were with us. Yeah. And Bob Bob Luce loved pro wrestling more than anything in life as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was a classic. That was a classic. You know, the Ben's auto sales and all that stuff. That was classic. Yeah. (laughs) And he had the Hall of Fame up in the second floor of the amphitheater. Yeah, yeah, at the the amphitheater, yes. Right, the continuous running film. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Well, not long after that, you guys moved on to the AWA. Uh, what led to you guys leaving the WWE? Did you just feel it was time? Did you just, did you see the, the product dwindling? I mean, what, what happened there? Go ahead, Sam. John. Um, I remember, <laughs> I remember that when, uh, when John and I went to Japan, John invited me to go uh, on a tour with him in, in that, uh, August of 86. And when we got back, uh, Greg Ganya, who was kind mm-hmm. of booking us, uh, was super pissed that we didn't go through him and Baba. So uh-huh. since we went on our own through Anoki, uh, that that didn't sit right with him. And that was the last time I think we ever uh, worked for for AWA, if I'm not mistaken. Right, John? Yeah, I think that was pretty much the last time we worked together for quite a long time. He didn't yeah. get his booking uh, piece. So. I think yeah. we did a little bit after that. And, and then I went up... Um, I went down, oh, I can't think if I went, I went a third time 
to Japan and uh, met met Hacksaw Dugan. Played, you know, uh, we him and I. Um, I can't think who else was on the card. I have to look at the field posters, but um, Hacksaw liked me, brought me down to uh, UWF, which is um, the old Mid South Wrestling, and that's where they uh, the Michael Hayes. Uh, Bill Watts. Bill Watts. Yeah, after that third, well, that's kind of like our defining area when we both went our own ways. Sam had the Windy City Wrestling, and I went on as a solo after that, um, hooking up with with uh, Gang and Wild Bill and and uh, Akbar and the Devastation Incorporated. So. Yeah, I think that last that 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 tour we went to Japan. After that, it kind of unraveled with us because yeah. it was just like we had a gig with AWA, then all of a sudden it evaporated, <clears throat> and uh, and it, we kind of like just kind of kind of went our own ways after that. You know, well, yeah, I, I went solo, and and Sam started the school, and and uh, that was then that was that. You know, until I came back and worked a few times with Sam. Yeah, um, yeah. I had the neck surgery in 1986 in December, and while I was uh, recuperating, uh, that's when I called Mike Grafner up and asked him if he thought starting a promotion would be a good idea, and would he be willing to invest to help me get it started, and he said yes, and that's kind of how it all began, was laying in a hospital bed and coming up with the name and the idea and the thoughts and everything behind it. Yeah, tell me, tell me a little, Sam, a little bit about Mike. Did Mike, did he promote some towns for Bruiser? No, he was not very for Bruiser, good. but for Ganya. Okay, for Ganya. Okay. Yeah, he was very good friends with uh, with Vern, with Larry Matizak, and he was doing a lot of the photography for the magazines at that time. Don't uh, forget driving the high flyers around everywhere too. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, very good friends with him and and Greg. Uh, but that was at the time when Hogan just got there, and and I remember uh, we were going to a TV taping, and and Gratch was driving, and and Jim and uh, Hogan were in the back, and I, you know he, it was just uh, it's almost like you're out of mind for a minute. You're looking around like holy shit, you know, because I was a young kid then, and uh, yeah. here I am with someone that ended up being the biggest, one of the biggest stars in pro wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, when you when you guys left, it. yeah, when you guys left Bruiser, you you kind of went back to the Max Brothers thing, right? And you kind of altered your image a little. Did you feel a little more comfortable getting away from that that Road Warrior look? Yes. I just enjoyed uh, working with John. It it didn't matter, you know, what we look like yeah. or what what we called ourselves. Although Max Brothers to this day, I think, are still. Known especially from old fans, you know, older fans from yeah. the day. Yeah. Uh, but back Supermax, me was, uh, you know, very important part of my life. Yeah, I mean, you guys yeah, worked with a lot of great guys in the AWA, the Midnight Rockers, Henning and Hall. I mean, there was a lot of teams there. That yeah. I think you guys got to work during that time. Yeah. Yeah, we we I, I think if we would have stayed as Max Brothers, like I said, it, I think things could have just been a little different. But it was just not our gimmick to be yeah. the road warrior. You know, and and to be called something so close, and it was. Uh, I, yeah, I think we we had our own thing, and then got changed. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Scott when they when they left. What uh, were you still around Bruiser, or was this when you kind of kind of had so. to pull out? I I got out of it, and shortly after that, they brought in Lady Maxine or Miss Maxine or whatever her name yeah. was. Yeah. And, yeah, I thought it all kind um, of coincided. Know, you know, Spike had left uh, Michelle for another woman. Michelle didn't like me in, in the business to begin with. So uh, when I broke my ankle at walking in Bruiser's drive, and it was happened in Bruiser's driveway, I tripped <laughs> and slipped. Of course, we used the angle that it was Moose Cholock that did it. Yeah. And I came on TV with a big cast on, but... Uh, um, after I got out of it, um, um, there wasn't much left of the world warriors in the, yeah. in the, in the, in the uh, WWA. 
or and in fact, about that time, the whole industry was changing. Yeah, David yeah. McLean was running shows, and it was yep. not at the um, Tyndall Ar Armor anymore, but he was running them at the Vogue Theater. Yep, right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then he he got out and was then promoted, started um, David, who was my best friend, started um, Glow. Gorgeous Whoa. Ladies yep. Are Wrestling, and which, which yep. now is um, WOW wow. Women Are Wrestling, yep. and he's yep. still uh, nationally or internationally syndicated. So good for him. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you, but you, you kept taking pictures, right, Scott? I mean, you always kept taking the pictures, and you, you always kept your toe in the in the wrestling business, didn't you? I, I've been, uh, I, yeah, I was out for a little while, and then, um, um, I, you know, then I saw Buck Robley. He invited me to. Uh, to um, his shows, and um, I rehooked up with Japan's Gong Wrestling Magazine, was selling them my 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 work. Yeah. So, uh, have you three? Have you three not not been together? Not been in the same room? All three of you since the WWA? Yeah. It's close. Yeah. Well, close. Not without uh, saw. I mean, it's been working so. No, I, I had, uh, the, we were together at an AWA show, although I was a photographer. Tell me when you guys, when you guys look back just at that time in the WWA with you three together working as the world warriors, uh, what is What do you, what do you remember most? What, what are your kind of your memories and your feelings of that time together working? Well, I could be, rem I remember being over with the fans, you know, if it wasn't for the combination of the three of us, there's no way I would have been over like I was. Um, so I am forever grateful for having them as my comrades, you know, and uh, Sam and I uh, spoke briefly outside of the WWA and brought me in. He brought me into a couple of his Windy City wrestling matches which I photographed and it was always a fun time, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, Sammy, uh, you know, he had a lot of younger guys, you know, so it was totally different than what he grew up with, with Dick, the bruiser, with the old guys yeah. on the show, yeah. he had young guys and the music playing. So he was ahead of his time, you know? Yeah. And what about you, John? What do you think when you look back at those days in the WWA? I, uh, you know what? Those were great times. You know, of course, we're a lot younger. We um, <laughs> we enjoyed each other's company, and we had fun when we went out in the ring. We we really had fun uh, being the bad guys, you know. So I I think we all, our alter egos were it kind of was, it was just a nice twist to go out there and and do that, and like I said, get the fans get some heat and and call it a night, you know. But I yeah. enjoyed the camaraderie. Yeah. I think that's what what it's all about. You enjoy the people you work with, and and uh, those were good times. Definitely good times. Yeah. What about you, Sam? Well, Dave, <clears throat> I agree with John. That was uh, some of the best times of my life, and I thank God that uh, uh, you know John and I ended up becoming uh, a tag team, and we had a lot of fun times, a lot of experiences together that uh, I'll never forget. You know, and I'll tell, uh, one thing I forgot to mention, and I, I just thought about this, you know, uh, I was never really trained and uh, I think I would come out there with shorts or, <laughs> you know, they pull them down. My jock strap would show Sammy gave me my first pair of wrestling trunks. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's always wild to me when you get, you know, guys like you who work together for a few years or whatever, but haven't communicated a lot in all these years, and then here we are. We get you on a call together, and it's just like it's just just like it picked up right where it left it off. You guys telling right. stories and talking and chatting. It's, I mean, that's that's that uh, that brothership in, in wrestling. That's it's always wild to me. Right. Yeah, you don't have a lot of that. I, I and I I, I count myself fortunate to have those those memories. You know. So thanks, guys. <laughs> it was yep. a good time. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And uh, like I said, it was I I love that time. Like I said, I grew up watching WWE. I was you know, I'm from Indiana originally, and uh, you guys in the '80s, man, you I, I loved you. You were one of the, my favorite parts of the shows in the, when I watched through that time. And um, you know, I, I I don't know. I think you know, like like he did with many things. I think Bruiser dropped the ball a little bit with you. I think you should have had a little better run. And uh, you know, not saying you didn't have a good one, but I think it, I should think it should have been a little more. 
but I, I've always appreciated what you did there, what you've done everywhere else. And I know Scott, me and you have talked, you know, many times, and I've been in contact. And then Scott, of course, uh, if you want to plug it real quick, you've got a book out there. I've, that, I've got uh, a book that's called "When It Was My Life on Both Sides of the Camera," um, and it's got a couple pictures of the World Warriors and Saul yep. Creechman, as well as one of the pictures from that uh, uh, kid in the hospital that was in a coma. Yep. Uh, so uh, if you want to read about my career and how the Road Warriors started, uh, my book is available on Amazon. Uh, it's $20. And uh, if you want to get one uh, from me personally, the same price, $20. Just use Dave Dynasty's name. I'll pay for shipping. <laughs> ship it to you. I'll autograph the book for you rather than yeah, going yeah. through Amazon. So. Um, yep. th this was fun, Dave, and uh, Absolutely. Uh, we got to give you credit for uh, preserving the history of the WWA through various yeah. um, oh, you. YouTube videos and, and the interviews with the guys and stuff like that. So thank you for having me. Yeah, I, I yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. And like I said, this is something I've been, you know, I know we've we've talked many times about what, doing this. And it's, a, you know, it's a task trying to get three guys together, you know, and. And, and talk to them and at the same time. And, and this is pretty cool. This is, I, I wow. like doing this. This is unique and, and it's special. Ladies and gentlemen, Wrestling Fans International Association is back. That's right, the premier fan club association of the 1970s and 1980s has been revived and is back in business. Join today. It's free at the WFIA.org. That's T-H-E-W-F-I-A.org. You can also join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash groups slash WFIA1969. All right, and we're here back on Wrestling Nostalgia. I am Dave Dynasty. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, thank you to uh, Sam, John, and Scott for coming on and doing that interview, and I hope you guys enjoyed it, and I hope you thought that was a lot of fun. Uh, it is a, a fine balance. We have three guys, right, and trying to, to balance, to get everybody involved, to get everybody answering questions, uh, to, to try to help a little bit uh, alleviate guys talking over each other. So it's, it's a tricky balance. I, I hope we did well. I hope it was entertaining and didn't feel chaotic at all. Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I love those guys. I love hearing their stories. Um, and it's uh, it, it's cool, right? It's something that's not been done out there before, right? It's a, a one-of-a-kind deal that you guys get brought to you by me. So, uh, cool. <laughs> anyway, as I mentioned earlier and you heard in the app, please go and join one more time. Go and join the WFIA. It is free. You'll receive a bi-monthly newsletter, news information. You'll receive the first uh, input or excuse me the first information and, and announcements for the upcoming 2024 virtual convention so again go visit the wfia.org and join sign up it's real quick it's real simple and it's free uh, go do it for me uh, I, I would appreciate it and uh, you will you will enjoy it right you will see the benefits you will love this you will love what we're doing with the wfia there's a lot of stuff to come so jump on board now so that you don't miss a thing uh, we will have a new episode out in two weeks. I'm working on several different projects, several different interviews. Uh, got you know uh, guys I've talked to, guys I'm going to talk to, historical projects I'm doing with uh, with guys. So I'm not exactly sure which one is coming out in two weeks. So watch my social media for that announcement in the near future. And you can follow again. Uh, speaking of social media, on uh, Twitter or X, Facebook, Instagram, and Threads, the the show is Rassel Nostalgia, or you can follow me on X at the Dave Dynasty. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash the Dave Dynasty. Uh, again, go buy a shirt, support us. You'll get a, it. You know, the shirts are cool. Lots of cool designs, show designs, people designs, lots of neat things. Uh, so go check those out at prowrestlingtees.com slash the Dave Dynasty. And then make sure whatever your favorite podcast platform is that you choose to listen to us. Make sure you go subscribe to us there. Set that download to auto download. Uh, make sure you share those episodes. If there's the option to rate and review us, do that. All these things help us, right? We, the, it helps with our numbers. It helps with our rankings. The, the ratings and reviews helps us in the algorithms within these podcast platforms so that when people are listening to other wrestling podcasts, we come up as a suggested listen, and, and that helps us, right? Our greatest tool for growing and, and getting more exposure is word of mouth and you guys. So help us out uh, by just you know, clicking shares, clicking subscribes, uh, you know, clicking likes, clicking comments. All those things help. The engagements are what we need. So help us out there. It just takes a moment. We appreciate it. If you enjoy what we do, what we bring to you for free, 
here on Wrestling Nostalgia every other week. Just take the time and do those things for us uh, and, and help continue so that we can get a, you know, if we get a bigger audience, we get more exposure for, for the wrestling and the historical aspects that we're trying to bring attention to. And that's the that's the ultimate goal, right? Today we had the, the World Warriors and Saul Creechman on. Lots of people do not know about them, do not know their story. So the more eyes and the more ears we can get on this product, the more attention we can get on these guys and their stories and that's what i want right that's that's what i'm my goal so help us out that you know long story short just help us out with the likes the shares the subscriptions the ratings reviews all that kind of stuff anything you can do to uh, to help us out is appreciated so once again a new episode is coming in two weeks lots of cool stuff on the horizon make sure you follow us on social media because some of that stuff's coming there so you get to see it there and that's where all the news will be announced first you know upcoming guests upcoming uh, projects that I'm working on. I'm working on lots of stuff, guys. Lots of stuff. Show-related, non-show-related. Uh, some big things. Big things that I'm doing. Uh, I'm a very, very busy guy, and I, and I love it, right? I am always waist-deep in research, trying to uncover things and for lots of different stuff, so it's very, very cool. Uh, I will be popping up on some podcasts in the near future. I've got uh, some interviews that I'll be doing with other people as a, as a guest, which I'm excited about. I'm always it's always a pleasure to come on these shows, and it's an honor to come on and talk to us. So lots of cool stuff that I'm working on. Uh, you know, of course, it's Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame time. If you happen to be a voter, I, I like I say every year, I beg you, please give some consideration to Cowboy Bob Ellis. I believe he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. So anyway, uh, that's all I got for now. We will see you again in two weeks. But until then, wherever you go and whatever you do, be good, be safe, and keep on growing.